Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. This is the second part of our season in review with me and Airman Toronto. Picking it up right here and enjoy. I guess, you know, a lot of a lot of the the post game, especially immediately after the game ended, was like, um, where do you rank these? And, you know, I I, I kind of like how you know, Steph after game four was like, I don't rank my performances. It's just about, it's just about winning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you rank your finals? <laughs> I mean, for me, and as we've talked about before, like it's obviously a discussion between this one and the first one, Yeah, the KD ones, as much as like, I love KD, I still support KD. Like all the people who are going off on KD on uh, on social for random stuff, like I I just don't get it. It's weird. Um, but those and you know, like we were we talk about being robbed to some extent of peak Steph in his late twenties because just him running this team and how mm-hmm. we would have traded the two KD ones for the twenty sixteen seventy three win title you know what i mean i prefer that one because it was just like so homegrown and it meant so much and it's tough to say because like a couple days ago after the game i said this one is Mm -hmm. my favorite and it's a different experience right because back then i wasn't podcasting after every game and so i was just so like tired and i don't know if i was able to fully appreciate the moment you know when i'm like Mm -hmm. writing down notes writing down notes you know and trying to figure out what to say and trying to figure out how quickly I could turn around and edit. But it, it's a toss up between those two. And right now, a couple of days after they've won, I will still say this one because of the adversity, because of just all the storylines. I mean, beginning of the season, I was like, there's so many storylines with this team and they all mm-hmm. kind of came to fruition. Whereas the first title for me, it was very much like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is so crazy. Yeah. This is so exciting. This is all like uh, found money, you know? And they were so good that whole season. We're just like, oh, I would love to see this. I would love to see this. You know, they're battling the Grizzlies for the best record all season long. And they got 67 wins and then they beat LeBron. But like, it was just like, th- that was fantastic. But I think this one is a little bit more because of Clay, because of Steph's. Uh, injuries because of Draymond, like just being who he is and trying, mm-hmm. you know, like seeing who these guys are now. And then all of a sudden what this could launch into potentially, that, that's why it, it means a ton for me. There's a part of me that wishes like I didn't have to do the podcast during the finals and I could just have experienced it uh, yeah. straight up and just like uh, celebrated without thinking about all these other extracurriculars in my head. But um Right now, right now, I'll I'll say this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, first, the 2017 one is special in that, like, that team was incredible. Like, the the top four players on that, mm-hmm. at that time in their careers, like, that that was high-level basketball was being played at that point. Um, <laughs> uh, very high level. Um, so that was special in that, in that sense. But... And, and yeah, you know, I would also agree that, you know, and there's probably recency bias too, right? Cause like 2015 feels so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this one feels special because the core they're older, 
they didn't know if they could do it again. We're older as fans, <laughs> as people, right? Yeah. And we didn't know if they could do it again. And mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see somebody, you know, this team, these players come through again, right? It's the it's that kind of like uh, you know, like the movie where the the old uh, gunslinger comes back and you know pulls it out pulls it out of a hat you know at the last minute or something like that and that mm-hmm. and that's that's really cool because you know i mean so it relates to you kind of like life cycles and and dynasties go in cycles too so mm-hmm. this you know i don't think this is the end of it but um maybe we're just in the middle but um but they do definitely have a trajectory and this was an amazing part of that trajectory like to to reestablish it as a as a dynasty first off and then also just to be like hey this is to be continued um so so that's what's really great about it i mean the 2015 was an amazing first act of that story but um it's it's awesome that this story is still being written by these guys who like we can still believe in right and that just feels that just feels so good yeah and you know it's a interesting point because like the 2015 one launched you know the dynasty and then this one will potentially launch that extension (laughs) of Mm -hmm. the dynasty and you know i think that with the first one i mean that 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 one's just so so special right because it's it's so there's that innocence right (laughs) yeah totally totally and the obvious narrative of this one is like it's it's like a Rocky movie, you know. Um, yeah, the old dude getting back up to 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 fight back, and then you know we always talk about narratives is what we do. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, you know, like it's it's like these five years and these two years, and then if they lost again this year, I mean, just the the meaning of winning because we we had talked about this over text uh, on on episodes how if they lose in the finals or if they lose in the playoffs somewhere, it's always like, well, you should have traded for so-and-so you should have traded like the house for everybody else. And we were against that for so long. And, you know, honestly, it feels good to be right about it. Um, Yeah. And I think that if the Warriors lose, then it's like, they're old. If the Celtics lost, uh, it's, it's, not their time yet. They're too early. They weren't experienced enough. And that ended up being the narrative, right? They lost. And and that's what people are saying about the Celtics. Tatum, he'll be fine, but he'll just, he just needs to learn how to get, play against these crazy defenses or whatever. But it's, it's fascinating because if they had lost, it's like they start moving pieces like any team that loses, right? It's always like, how do you get over the hump? Right. Yeah. And so maybe you see some of the young guys get moved or maybe you see them move off of Andrew Wiggins and everything. But now yeah. it's like, oh, and we, we've seen from the Warriors' first title, and we've seen even from like the Phoenix Suns being in the finals, how that translates to the younger guys, the new guys who haven't been there before. And I'm looking forward to that, like how this affects them. Granted, like Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, of course, didn't play in the finals, but just being there and being that environment and seeing what it takes to get to this level. I mean, we talk about Wiggins having inconsistency in Minnesota in terms of like the front office and the coaching staff and the head coach seeing now what it takes 
to get there and win. I mean, these young guys are seeing it in their very formative years and that excites me even more. That's what I was hoping for when I was like, I think the Warriors can win the finals, you know, this year. And it's awesome. You know, like it's, 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 it's weird to see everybody all of a sudden, I mean, lack of a better term nationally, like jump on that bandwagon, you know, because we're like, Hey, I've been, I've been saying this for a while. Like we've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> Did you listen to my playoff? Yeah, preview? You know? <laughs> but um, it's, it's very satisfying. And, and I, I look forward to, to seeing how it continues to grow because it's that homegrown talent. It's the, yeah, uh, yeah. that it's we've always loved. Yeah. Right? Like the drafted dudes. And, and I've, I said this on, I think the last episode, but I'll, I'll say it now. And I, I think I even texted this to you like a, a couple of weeks ago, the guys under contract for the Warriors are Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody. And mm-hmm. I think I asked you, like, is there a better top eight that's actually signed right now? I don't know. I don't care to look it up, but I can't imagine. There may be a top two that's mm-hmm. better, but no one's going to have that much talent, you know, from yeah. one to eight, in, in, in my opinion. And, like, that is exciting because you know even in that group you have the vets and then you have the guys like Wiggins and even though Poole just turned 23 he's proven that he can do stuff and then you have Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody and it's like these three different clusters of ages which has proven to work for them and could be even better in the future. Yeah and you know it's a great credit and they are getting credit the front office and ownership for i mean it's kind of running counter to well definitely ran counter to the narrative of the they need to not waste waste steph's prime you need to go get somebody we'll never know who was available um clearly there wasn't anybody they felt who was good enough to trade those things but it's pretty bold to say this is what we're doing and the thing is it's like (laughs) i mean you know you can say two timelines and what what not but you know the the young timeline didn't factor into this playoffs so Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's a huge credit to to the vets and the and the middle-aged dudes like looney and gp2 and and wiggins um i mean yeah outside of pool like none of the young dudes contributed in this run so Mm -hmm. so it's really i mean but i i would say it, it was a really really bold decision to make and to just put that out there and made it made it be known that this is what we're going to do. And um, so Bob Myers, you know, deserves a lot of credit and, and the ownership group, like, uh, you know. Let me ask you. So, you know, the hypotheticals always included Wiggins for salary purposes and then some combination of Poole, Wiseman, the picks who became Kaminga and Moody, of course, and even after they were drafted, right? If you throw Beal, or Ben Simmons, <laughs> or Pascal Siakam, or <laughs> again, this was never on the table, but everybody was pining for Damian Lillard, uh, who hurt him. It was out all season with an injury yeah. that he probably would have gotten still if he if he played for the Warriors. But like, do you think they win the title if they have, you know, Bradley Beal instead Hell of no. <laughs> and, and no. Poole? No. You know, and yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about early in the season how, like, you don't need a trade for Beal because Poole has proven to be a, as not, he's not as good as Beal yet, but like, he's proven to be that guy 
who can like give you those points. We talked about that in like yeah. October or September or something, right? And um, he's cheaper too. None of the names that were out there, which was, you know, Simmons, Beal, Harden, like Miles Turner, whatever, like none of them are guarding Luca. None of them are guarding Tatum. Mm-hmm. None of them are checking Jaw. I mean, you know, Wiggins had some success and some not against Jaw. Um, there's nobody who would have replicated what he did, right? They would have gotten so hurt on defense. And and that goes to the point that we're going in the beginning. Like the way that we understand team building, the way we understand how you need to win is this, uh, you know, star-based um, system, right? You need to have this collection of stars. And um, actually you don't. We already have the stars first off. So yeah, you do need stars. But um, you can be successful building the team this way, right? With like the right pieces, the right coaching, the right support, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And it's not just about the money either, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's the way we understand basketball is this, this kind of bucked the normal the normal kind of like fan base narrative. And maybe, you know, Hey, a lot of, a lot of the media too felt they should trade to put all their chips on the table, go all in on a trade. Um, yeah. But who else, who was out there? It's like, yeah, sure. If Yanis was there, yeah, do it for that. But like there was, there wasn't bam out of bio. Sure. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But you remember around the, the, the draft, we were all in on the draft and keeping those dudes because our preference for like homegrown talent and what, you know, when Kaminka was gifted to us pretty much. And I just remember after the draft, like some people gave the Warriors a good grade, but then I remember like uh, Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connor, whatever his name yeah. is on the ringer. Like, Oh, uh, he just like Bill Simmons showed, they just ripped the Warriors for that. Yeah. And then yeah. like a bunch of Warriors Twitter was just, I mean, you know, Warriors Twitter is Warriors Twitter, <laughs> but they were just like going to town on, first of all, like people who wanted, <laughs> I always bring this up. So I apologize, but like, you know, Davion Mitchell, you know, because they're like, oh, we need that guy. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Somebody who's and, ready to step in right away. And hey, good player. Good player. Yeah, he's but. good. He's good. But I'll take Kaminga and GP2 uh, any day, but you know, I, uh, I, I do kind of want to like, just quickly, like talk about, uh, what were things that you predicted or you felt were going to happen that actually happened? Do you have any terrible takes like from oh, either man. before the, the season, even during the season or, or before the playoffs? Oh man. Uh, God, I, I don't, I, I haven't kept receipts on myself. So, <laughs> I mean, I do remember my Wiggins and Ubre uh, take, but, um, I, I, I've, I feel like in the preseason, I was pretty much on the GP2 bandwagon. So I feel vindicated yeah. about that. Um, like something just popped about when you saw him play, right? Like mm-hmm. even down the stretch of last year. Oh, <laughs> well, you know me and uh, Damian Lee. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I've been a believer. I, I think at the beginning of the playoffs, I said, Damian Lee will make an important shot. <laughs> um, so I, I, he did not. But I do think there was one game, I think it was one of the Memphis games, where he made an important pass. He made an important mm-hmm. assist. And I think he passed it to Jordan Poole 
who helped mm. get him on track. It was like game three or so. I don't know. I, I think uh, I remember and that, yeah. that was the limit. That was the extent of which uh, Damian Lee uh, positive con- contributions. Uh, great dude. Um, good, good veteran to have at the end of a bench, but uh, didn't make the contribution that I was expecting. Um, so yeah. I, that that's maybe a deep cut of, uh, of disappointment, but I, you know what? I, I don't, yeah, the beginning of the season was a long time ago, so I don't even I don't remember what we <laughs> talked about at the beginning of the year. And, and this, like you said, so many things happened through this year. So many things yeah. to talk about was just wild. And it was a super interesting year. I mean, actually, the fact that you had this amazing, uh, they got out of the gate really well. Um, Clay came mm-hmm. back and that was, you know, a thing. And then, and then, yeah, all the injuries and and poor play down the stretch. So there was definitely a lot of things to pay attention to. They were never on uh, after that first, you know, twenty some odd games. They were never on cruise control. It was always uh, something that had to be figured out. What about you? Did you keep any receipts on yourself when some of your bad takes and uh, and checks you're cashing? I guess not intentionally, but it's like when you when you talk about this team nonstop for. How many months has it been, man? Like eight months, nine months? I don't know. Since October or whatever, right? Yeah. Obviously, even before that, we talked about Kaminga. We knew how good he could be. And uh, even after his first G League game, I talked about him being like a Kawhi-type player. So when that started going around, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then I got that. You know, I feel good about that, you know? Um, Affirmed when uh, Steve Kerr made that comp. And... Honestly, just like the idea that the Warriors, like I said previously, if they were healthy enough, I liked their chances, especially because there was so much parity. There was no singular dominant team. And even if the Suns were still there, I liked our chances against them. So just feeling that, because when the Warriors were playing badly, even though, you know, Poole was playing well in the final month of the regular season, Somebody said to me, "Is like, you know, oh, I don't think we have enough." You know, I mean, during March, I was just like, "Are we, are we all like prisoners of the moment?" Right? Mm-hmm. Like how fans can be, where it's like, "Oh, we've lost a few in a row. Like we're terrible." But it's like, no, like this isn't our whole team, you know. And yeah. the question was for me, it's like, when they're whole, we could beat anybody. But also when they're whole, they haven't proved consistency, and that could be what takes them down. And that's what I was feeling in the first couple games, first few games of the series. Like the Celtics were good enough to take advantage of their mistakes. And they were so mistake prone during the regular season, mm-hmm. their greatness, you know, Steph could put them over the top. You know what I mean? Like a good game from pool could put them over the top, but in the finals, it didn't feel like they were doing enough, but obviously they figured stuff out and that's, what's important. That's what I was hoping for. I didn't know if they could. So, yeah. um, you know, I felt like that was that was solid. And um, again, just like not trading for, you know, some random player because we've been on that side where you trade a bunch of guys with talent for one dude to just like get you to the second round of the playoffs, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, right? And we've seen how that how that falls apart. And so I, I didn't didn't want that at all. One thing I, I got wrong was uh similar to your damian lee thing i was like you know i think there's gonna be a 
a playoff game where Andrew Wiggins free throw shooting just like loses us a game or two. Yeah. No, I hey, that's a good thing to be wrong about. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was at one point, I think it was like game one or two, one of the games that Mark Jones was calling. And then he was like, Wiggins has hit 15 free throws in a row. And then he missed it. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but it was like, it was like, whoa, this is a different dude. Like, uh, he, he really focused on those free throws. And, oh, yeah. Oh, that was great. That was great. So, hey, that's a good thing to be wrong about. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We've talked about Steph already. How do you think this affects like Clay's legacy, Draymond's, Kerr's, if at all, if at all, right? Because Clay yeah. wants to be in the top, 75 i guess next time it'll be top 100 but 25 years for 25 players to be better than play <laughs> we'll see yeah. you know and then yeah. you know, draymond and and his arguments for everything and then steve kerr who was voted this year in the 75th anniversary one of the top 15 coaches of all time it's like at first it felt like meh you know but now it's like i okay. no man i was totally on that where i was like really Steve Kerr, like, <laughs> really? Um, and, and that's part of the, like, you know, the frustration with him and, like, the things that we see that, like, he's been to how many finals? He's won how many championships? Like, he knows a lot more. He knows yeah. a lot more than I do. And, like, sure, he doesn't always get it right. But, like, who who bats a thousand? Nobody. And the, the coaching job that he did, that he led um, with the coaching staff, Man, he pushed a lot of right buttons, and mm-hmm. I was just impressed, like the hell out of, of of the job that he did. Because this was the the hardest coaching job with all the ins and outs of the lineup, like trying mm-hmm. to get these young players in, um, but not trying as much as we, you know, not putting them in as much as we want to, and those kinds right, of things, right. and and really really building towards what we saw, right? This focus on defense where they're always going to focus on defense. They're always going to fall back to defense. If you Mm -hmm. have that mindset from the beginning of the, of the season, then you always know that's going to be what you rely on. And that's just, you know, baked into the team, right? Because they practice, they literally practice that all year. Right. Um, It's frustrating to watch sometimes, but it's, (laughs) but it's amazing. Right. And so, um yeah and also yeah just quick shout out like i don't know what happened and why kenny atkinson uh decided not to go but uh nice to have him back so we don't have to fill as many holes in the in the in the coaching uh yeah um, yeah I roster mean, but uh you know he didn't want to coach Ubre, and maybe he just realized 
James Wiseman is uh, better than LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, champion James Wiseman. I exactly. think I sent you a picture of him uh, hugging the trophy. <laughs> oh, and then I saw the portrait on the Warriors Instagram of like, you know, the backdrop, the black backdrop. And yeah. like, I got to be honest, I'm happy for the guy. And I believe in the guy still as long as he's healthy. But one of we'll many, one of many championships. Let's hope. But yeah, exactly. But like, you know, Atkinson is like, you know, people have tossed the idea that like maybe he's going to replace Kerr down the road. Sure, if he wants to stay like five years or something, because I mean, Kerr says he's wanted to coach at least 10. I mean, yeah. what is it like eight now or something? So maybe, but like, I, who knows how he'll feel? Obviously, it depends on like how it goes with the the core three guys for the next few years and if he wants to go out with them. But I also just think like you just won a title, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, the opportunity to to learn and also just be that guy, be the top assistant instead of, you know, without having Mike Brown there. You know, I'm not saying that there was strife, but it's like you just get to be the guy and you have all this talent, right, the, that we've spoken mm-hmm. of. And, you know, he can he can uh, become homies with uh, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody and mm-hmm. Poole. And then all of a sudden he takes over and and they're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah. Because his whole thing was he's great at developing guys, but yeah, then yeah. they tune him out or something I don't know, when they get older. So, uh, but that that just goes to show you like how I mean I'm sure they they open up the checkbook too, but yeah, uh, sure. that might be the main thing. So we could just leave, leave sure. the conversation at that. But but uh, you know it's a it's a great place to to be for him, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can do with some of the younger guys offensively. The more continuity, the better, because you want a championship. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of just to your original, original questions, like a lot of legacies uh, getting bolstered and uh, burnished and, and whatnot. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that people will more appreciate Draymond. I don't think, I think he's just too, um, you know, gets people's goat a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously hugely popular too. Clay, I think, you know, I think it still remains to be seen. Uh, I think this is still a transition year. I mean, obviously like a huge accomplishment to be out on the floor and, uh, and just to see how, um, how much perspective he has gained from that. And, you know, and, and by being able to communicate that, how we have had more perspective about that. Um, mm-hmm. what it means to him, what it means to these players, this core, what they mean to each other. And like, those are, as a fan, that's awesome, right? Like, that's just, never mind the legacies and narratives and whatnot, but like, just to see, it's so rare to have this many players play together for this long, right? Yeah. Like, however many games they've played together, it's like, it's in the record book. It's historic. They don't stick together. And Part of that is their relationship with each other. They have the right mix, and then, but it's also you know the the team supporting them and um, engaging them and listening to them and paying them. You know, uh, yeah, so a yeah. lot of credit to go all around. Yeah, yeah, and just again, like the idea that this is the paradigm that the young dudes who are you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and even pool twenty three that they they see not just the work that it takes, but how it all works. I mean, I mean, part of the reason I'm sure that I was always like, Oh, as long as the Warriors are healthy, they have a chance. I think like, you know, the tempo of the season, 
all this, et cetera, et cetera, and kind of knowing how or hoping how it would unfold is because of the way the Warriors have gone to the postseason so many times, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, if you just want to talk about Andrew Wiggins again, it's like in that environment, it's like, you know, you play your 82 games and most likely that's it, right? And Mm -hmm. with this Warriors team, it's about like this, this canvas, you know, and it's like, okay, here we're doing this. And then this is where we're working on this. And then Mm -hmm. at this point, you know, it's kind of like the dog days that we always talk about. And then it's like, eh, you know, lose some games maybe, but whatever. And then at the end, let's like ramp it up and then focus on the real season. Right. In a lot of ways, like that's how I looked at Iguodala's health. Right. It was like more important to have him for the playoffs. Obviously he was hurt and didn't play much. Uh, It was a factor on the bench, of course, but that is because the Warriors deep runs, Steve Kerr's, how he communicates about a season and how he talks about what they're trying to do. Granted, it doesn't land well with the fan base. A lot of the times like the mm-hmm. chase wins or, you know, we're fine or, you know, like I agree with you, Kerr now to me deserves uh, being in that top 15. Yes. He was blessed with talent, but so was Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson yep. never switched a bad team at all. Pat Riley, Red Arbach, you have to have talent. And exactly. There's plenty of teams that have talent and they don't do anything. So, yeah. uh, Brooklyn. Greg Popovich, he, he, <laughs> he fired Bob Hill the year that they got Tim Duncan. <laughs> he began and yeah, he called himself his coach, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, like it's not his fault that he was blessed with talent, but he definitely made something. And then this, this, this final, this most recent one, to me, like definitely solidifies him as like a guy who like Phil Jackson is a good kind of communicator, understanding of egos and management of, of, uh, of team personalities. And then also, you know, with help from his staff, able to come up with some adjustments uh, yeah, along yeah. the way, you know, he, he was, yeah. he was great, which is, uh, you know, that's more important than not going to like more Steph pick and rolls in, in February, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show, man. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show so many times during the season, three hours ahead, watching games late, and you know, just being as uh, uh, engaged and speaking as intelligently and eloquently and, and as informed as uh, any Golden State Warriors fan that I know. Well, thanks for having me and having this forum to talk. You know. Uh, and just like providing this space for this Warriors fan community to be fanatics and be crazy <laughs> about the Warriors and just like enjoy things like this that you don't expect uh, and another championship season. So thanks. Yeah, man. And it's not like you're going anywhere because, you know, we're going to do like a, a draft episode. Like, yeah, let's go. Too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to thank the fans and the listeners out there. Um, I appreciate you all. The listenership grew during this season, and that means a lot. And I appreciate y'all's feedback and your ratings and your comments and all that stuff. So we're still going to be here during the off season. I hope you tune in, and we'll we'll see you then. All right, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe, 
wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.